0: It's, it's Father's Day, and I surprisingly wrestled through so many things this week as far as what to talk about. Now, obviously, I've been kind of going through Genesis, right? And so um, I, I wanted to talk about some of that stuff, and we're heading into some areas that, like, could be triggers to some people, right? And I'll get there in a second. And then I was like, man, but Father's Day, like... Is like the ultimate trigger day in our society in some ways right like and it's not just our society like men of this room i honor you i respect you i give you grace i give you honor like you hold i think the most important job of any kind right because the bible very frequently calls god our father right And so it's not an accident that the enemy has just gone after the father role. And some of us are like, I've had a fantastic dad. Dad is great. You know, like I had a really good father and I still had no idea how much he paled in comparison to my heavenly father. But the sad state is there's a lot of people in our world that don't even have a good father as a representation to begin with. Right? And so a Father's Day is a trigger for like, man, all the ways that my father has screwed up, right? Like, even if you have a good dad, chances are you've got a father wound, right? And so as I prepare for this day, it's like this weighty day. It's like such a powerful day, such a good day, but also such a weighty day, right? Because like we all, like you say father or dad, and it's like, you know, even subconsciously we have a reaction sometimes, right? Right? And so I was thinking about that, and you, you take that with conjunction of, of stuff in Genesis, and I'm like, man, I should just call this landmines, right, for my sermon, because I felt like every time that I get into the Bible to pray about, okay, how am I going to talk about this or that? I was just like, oh, man, there's another landmine. So it's like, okay, great. People, if you want to have an offense today, you probably have an opportunity. So there you go. Um, but it made me start thinking, you know, like, what is, what is my job? You know, what is my job as a pastor? And so much of it is, is you start thinking about it, and a lot of pastors and a lot of churches are trying to make Jesus come after the culture. What I mean is we're trying to be culturally re- relevant first, and then we're trying to add Jesus to the culture. Does that make sense? But the problem is our culture is trying to make Jesus not relevant. So if we're following the culture, we're gonna eventually get to this head where, where we're in the wrong arguments, you know? And, and so my job is, is not to make it culturally relevant. My job is to make sure that Jesus is relevant in all cultures. Does that make sense? Like my job is to make Jesus relevant. And so there are times where God will put something on my heart where I'm like, okay, well that's not politically correct. That's okay, you know? So I'm asking you, give me grace for the days where God has put something on my heart that's not politically correct because I'm not trying to follow the culture. I'm trying to follow this Bible, right? And it's the same thing, like you start weighing through like, oh man, well, what do I do about that or this? And God's like, no, 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 I need you to, to preach my word. You need to make me relevant. And I was like, okay. But does that mean that I'm not going to talk about anything from the culture? No, because, you know, like, there's going to be times where things intermix, and I'm just going to need you guys to give me grace with that. Um, yeah, being a dad, like, our Father in heaven loves us so much. And, like, if, if I could explain my job description, it's not about telling you guys what is right and what is wrong, all the do's and the don'ts. Like, that's not my job. My job, I believe, is to help you understand who you are, right? And by that, I mean, for you to understand who you are, you need to know who he is, right? Because he's the one that sets our identity. We're made in his image. So if I can get you to understand who you are, then the rest of the stuff figures itself out. Like, I want you to think about it this way. So, like, if you're like, hey, I've got this darkness in my life, I'm not trying to train you to get better at discipline to put your darkness into a corner. I'm trying to get you to know that you, as a son and as a daughter of the living king, like, the more you let your light shine, the darkness flees from all areas of your life. Does that make sense? Right? And so... It's this interesting balance. Like, I I love this verse right here in Romans 8, 19. It says, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. And I I firmly believe that this is talking about when Jesus comes again. But I also firmly believe that, like, all of creation watched, right, as God was, like, taking his intention and making us. And they've seen everything, and they're like, I can't wait for them to realize who they actually are to actually walk in the authority that they were given, right? To actually love in the thing that God has designed them for and the people that he's designed them to love. Like, I can't wait for them to be like, oh, no, no, I'm better than that. I'm better than what I thought I was because God has created me and he took joy in making me, right? Like, as we understand who we actually are, it's only gonna be because we understand who he is. And when we understand who he is and who we are, The rest of the stuff, you don't have to have discipline. Like, discipline is good, right? I'm not saying don't have discipline. But, like, if you can't help but receive love and give love, it will sort the rest of stuff out, okay? Um, The Bible. You know, a lot of times I look at this Bible and I'm like, okay, when I was younger, I saw this as a big rule book, Right? Kids, this is not just a big rule book. A lot of times we're like, oh, it's got a bunch of do's and don'ts in here. There actually are some do's and don'ts in here, right? So I'm not saying that there's not that. But if you only see that through a paradigm of this is only gonna tell me do's and don'ts, you're missing the point, right? It's not just do's and don'ts. It's not just about obedience, you know? I started thinking, okay, when you start talking about why did God create us, right? So he created All these other things right so if you look the first few days I got a slide here somewhere the first few days God started making things so day one he made light and he divided it from the darkness he separated it out day two he divided the water above and water below and he made sky in between day three he divided the earth from the seas so there's this creation but he's already separating things out right And I think part of why he's separating things out is because he's trying to give us a grasp and understanding of being set apart ourselves, which is coming later, right? So then you go into day four and day five and day six, and he starts filling the things that he created. So he made stuff, and then he started filling these things. So he started filling the sky with the sun, the moon, and the stars. He started filling the seas and the sky with living creatures, swarming each of their own kind. And I find it fascinating because he keeps saying, each with their own kind, each with their own kind, with animals, and then he says it with, with fruit trees. He says, each with their own kind, each with their own kind, right? The design was like, hey, I'm gonna put you with your own kind, and you know what? Be fruitful and multiply in the earth. That was the first thing he told us, be fruitful, you know? And so he's like, okay, cool. Then after he creates all of this stuff, he makes man, day six. And I start saying to myself, why? Why did you wait till day six? Like, if I'm God, I'm like, through my human lens, I'm like, I'm going to make him, and then I'm going to show him what I can do, right? Like, I'm going to, all right, you want to see someone? Boom, I can speak it, and the skies come out. You want to see some moths? Bird, boom, and bird come flying out. Like, that's awesome, right? Like, he was not trying to show his power. Like, the way that animals, the way that humans, the way that most of what we know, when when species come together, right? It's like either the male, usually the male, they do dumb things or they try to, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like These things happen where they're like, they're trying to show off. They're like, ah, uh, yeah, you know, I've got the biggest tail feathers. I've got, you know, I mean? there's all this stuff that we do, right? And it's crazy because it's almost like, hey, I'm gonna put it all out there in hopes that you're gonna choose me. God didn't do that. Think about that for a second, why? Why did he not do that? Like, I can't help but think that he created all this stuff, and then he creates Adam. And you know what? Adam, that was the first t- thing that he said this isn't good," was he said, "Adam, Adam was alone. It wasn't good for man to be alone. Right? But even when he made Eve, he put Adam asleep. He didn't even know how that happened. He was sleeping in a deep sleep. He was tired right? So you start thinking like, oh, that's kind of crazy. So he and Eve didn't even know how he had created everything. He didn't, they didn't know that God was the creator of everything. They didn't know this whole They just know that they existed in a realm that was already there. Think about this for a second. They did not know the power of God. They only knew the presence of God. He went on the extreme. He said, you know what? I'm going to build all this stuff your first impression of me is going to be your friend just walking in a garden just hanging out let's just talk like i want you to know my heart i want you to know me as this and not what i can do i don't want you to worship the creation i don't want to worship the power i don't want you to even be choosing this because you it's like hey don't eat of this tree well you know what he created everything we should probably listen that's the wrong motivation right he wanted them To like enjoy his presence and out of that presence build relationship, build love. But even still, it's like this fascinating thing. And I gotta give credit to a guy named Anthony Chapman. And just as a another side note, like I for decades now I've been walking with God and I've been trying to to get closer to him and I've been trying to go on this journey, right? And so if you were to ask me when I was 10 years old, am I going to be a pastor? I probably wouldn't have said I'm going to be a pastor someday. So I'm not, I haven't been taking notes from decades of like, I got this sweet verse from this person and this challenge from that person, right? So I'm not ever trying to like uh, plagiarize anybody. Does that make sense? So this is my one qualifier. If I ever know, hey, I took this from this person, I'll let you know. But for me, it's like through all these stages of life, I recognize that the Holy Spirit spoke truth to me through a lot of different people, through books, through people, through sermons. And some of them I agree a lot with, and some of them I don't, but you know what? The Holy Spirit still spoke truth to me in certain moments, right? And so part of why I'm not gonna give this thing often is because I want to recognize that anything that comes to you through me that is truth, I wanna make sure that we give the Holy Spirit the props, right? Like in the end, my prayer very frequently for this church is, God, anything that is of Benny, you guys forget. Anything that is of the Lord, that it be like implanted in you, okay? And so I was challenged by this guy named Anthony Chapman like a decade ago, and, uh, and he saw these verses in Genesis different than I had ever looked at them, and I was like, that's, that's weird. But he makes this, this Point this this challenge. He says, "You know what? God wasn't complete." And I was like, "Whoa! Got a problem with that?" A lot of verses that say that God is pretty complete. He didn't really need a whole lot, right? Give me grace, landmine Sunday, right? So I started wrestling through what he meant by that. And so I want to express some of what he meant by that. Here he goes, and he takes Adam, right, and. Let's see if I can pull Well, I'm just going to read it out loud. Okay. Um, then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding to him. The Lord God formed out of the ground every wild animal and every bird of the sky and brought each to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was what its name was. The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky and every wild animal. But for the man, no helper was found corresponding to him. Um, it's a fascinating thing. How many of you guys knew that Adam named all the animals and creatures and stuff? Like, hey, that one, we could call that a giraffe. You know, that thing's weird. Let's call it a platypus. You know, like, it's kind of a mixture of everything. You know, like, I don't know, probably would have been a fun thing, right? But, like, we all know Adam named all that stuff. But this was the first guy that said, what was the purpose of him naming it? And I was like, well, I mean, Okay, it starts off, God says it's not good to be alone. Okay, so not only that, I'm going to make a helper corresponding to him. Okay, so I'm going to make a helper corresponding to him. Then he immediately goes and names all the animals. And then what he came up with, the conclusion at the end of naming all the animals, but for man, no helper was found. That's a fascinating thing. Like what he's suggesting is the point of it, was to say, hey, we're looking for a helper. And they looked at all the animals and said, that's not a suitable helper, but we're gonna call that one a porcupine. That's not a suitable helper, we're gonna call that one an antelope. That's not a suitable helper, we're gonna call that one an elephant, right? The point was to find a suitable helper because man was alone and it wasn't good for man to be alone. And after he had exhausted all of his options that were already created, that's when God put Adam to sleep and made a suitable helper out of himself that would be then helpful. Isn't that fascinating? Because you look at this Bible, and if it's just about obedience, if it's just about do's and don'ts, you don't, you don't catch that stuff, right? If you look at it, and you're like, my job, I was created to worship him. You still miss out on stuff. Like, before he had made, it, made the earth, before he made Adam and Eve, like, he had creatures In heaven and elders in heaven that all they do is worship the Lord God Almighty they say holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come everything that they did like that's all they do is worship he created beings that just worship God so we are different than that should we worship God absolutely right but is that our entire like design no is our job to be obedient? Well, yeah, we should be obedient. But the thing is like, you know what? I can be the most obedient slave in the world and hate my master. Well, but there's a, there's a verse that says, if you love me, you obey my commands. Yes, love comes first, and if you love, you'll obey. Obedience in itself is not, it's not, hey, because I'm obedient, it proves that I love. Does that make sense? Like, for those of us that are fathers, The mark of a good father is how much we love our kids, not how much they obey us, which is a challenge. But anyways, um, in this whole process, I look at this as, okay, this Bible to me is a love story, okay? So if this Bible is a love story, then what it's going to do is it's going to reveal our story, but it's also going to reveal God's story, right? So I say, Okay, God, give me the eyes to see this book as I read it through your eyes of what is this revealing of you and what is this revealing of us. And I start thinking to myself, how did God have this concept of what it meant to be alone and that it's not good? If there's a God that's out there that that lacks nothing, how does he have this concept of I'm going to create this world I'm going to make somebody. Then I'm going to put all these animals in front of him that obviously aren't the right mix just so that I can then out, like, out of him make something that is, is a fair match. Does that make sense? Isn't that kind of a weird strategy? But when you start looking at it, you say, okay, God is love. God is love. Doesn't I'm not just saying God loves. It's not an act that he does. God is love. His identity is based in love. Like, his love brings life. His l- love brings light. Like, there's so much that happens out of his love. But God himself is love. And you know what? It was just this crazy thing for me. Like, I was, I was 27 years old, still hadn't been married, had a desire that was growing in me that I wanted to be married, right? Some people in here have gone longer. People know that, like, there's this desire where you're like, I want to be married, I want to have that. And how much more a God that has, like, he is love. But if I was to say there was one thing that needed to be complete was for someone for him to pour his love out onto, even unto death. Like, he wanted to love somebody that, like, you think about it for a second, right? You've got angels that had choice but it had more to do with obedience or not obedience right some made some good decisions some made some bad decisions but when you look at the garden he put adam in there he put two trees right in the center now like if i'm him i'm like okay i'm gonna take these two trees i'm gonna put them on the top of the alps like we're going all we're gonna put these somewhere where the guy's not gonna go like he's got no clothes he's not going up there you know what i mean like let's make this hard no no he puts it right in the dead center why because love is not verified without a choice. You have to have a choice, right? You have to have a choice. If you want to love him back, you have to have a choice. So he created somebody, and then he said, You know what? I want you to have a, a mental understanding. Like, my desire, it's almost like his, his journey is kind of like Adam's. Like, he wants to have a bride, he wants to have someone that's equally yoked with him. Is this a fascinating concept, right? And so, like, He had to literally, out of himself, redeem humankind so that there was a possibility of union later, right? We know that in Jesus, the second Adam, as he's called, right? But right now, he's setting the stage. He knew that we were going to fall. He knew that we were going to make choices, that we were going to do other stuff. And you're like, man, actually, that's another sermon. I'll stop there. The point is, I look through this now, and I'm like, oh, that is crazy. So... Not good for him to be alone. I'm going to find a helper. Look at all the animals. Not a good helper. Okay, back to each and own, Right. And so he makes Adam and Eve in his image, right? And I'm, I think one of the things that I used to think, which I believe is wrong, was that God made Adam in his image, and then he, because he made Eve out of Adam, that he made Eve out of Adam's image, but that's not accurate. God made Adam and Eve out of his own image. And here's one of those things, like another landmine for you, right? So he made a male and a female. I'm not going to go any further with that one for right now. Um, in his image, which means that his, the identity has more to do with, with God than with even our gender. Like this world today is going to try to tell you your Identity is first and foremost either your gender or your sexual orientation. Like parents, I encourage you, here's the thing. It is your responsibility to have a lot of these first conversations with your kids with all sorts of things, right? I mean, we've got a lot of scenarios that are happening in our world in real time and especially when you start thinking about social media, when you have suicides happening, when you have uh, Roe v. Wade, when you've got, like, there's a lot of hot topics that I could just like, boop, 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 and get everybody going with an opinion on, right? My job is not to try to tell you, you have to vote this way, you have to vote that way, you have to have this stance, you have to have that stance. My, my goal is to tell you, hey, listen, we live for a different kingdom, first and foremost. And in that kingdom, God sent his son so that we would live life and life abundantly. And you know what? God had so much love that he couldn't help himself but create life, right? There's something about creating life. And there's this cool, fascinating thing for me is is he spoke for days and things existed. Spoke it and boom, existed. And then Adam, you know what he does? He kneels down and he puts his hand in the earth and he forms Adam, and then he puts his neshama in him, and he goes, Yahweh. Right, we talk about Yahweh, right, as his name. The Hebrew, it's Y-H-W-H, and it's like the breath that we were doing before, the Yah, Yah, Yahweh. Like, think about it, like when you're running and you're, you're just, you're sucking wind. It's like there's a part of our DNA that is even just echoing his name. Like, it's so cool that it's like his breath, his soul that he gave of of neshama into us was because there was a formation in it, right? Like, he talks about that he formed us in our mother's womb. Another hot topic. Life starts in the womb. And he has intention in that. And he has a desire and a delight in creating. You know, again, I've... Adam Levine, if you're watching this over in Germany, I love the fact that he, he would tell me that one thing that he would ask God a lot of times is, God, what were you thinking of when you, when you designed me? That's a scary question for those of us, especially that have had poor fathers, right? Because those of us that have had poor fathers, we start thinking, ooh, I don't know that he actually even likes me like, I haven't been obedient. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. Like, mostly, I kind of keep my distance and hope he doesn't smite me, you know? Like, as long as we're okay there, and you're missing out, because he delights in you, and he delighted in making you, and he, he like, all creation groans for you to figure out who you are, who he made you to be, you know? Like, I want to give you a picture of a good father. I was, uh, I just come back from the world race, and I I needed to process life. And so I hopped in my car and did what any sane person does, and I drove 16 states in 16 days and uh, just drove with my radio off. I said, God, just show me what you want to show me, right? Ended up in Oklahoma City visiting one of my friends, Cameron. And uh, Cameron was like, hey, actually tomorrow we're going to go, and we're going to go watch my brother Christian. He's, he's doing a, you know a state finals. uh, long-distance cross-country. And I was like, all right, I'll come with you. I've been driving anyways. Miles just drive a couple more hours. So I go and I watch this thing, right? And Cameron used to be a long-distance runner. He had an older brother named Corbin who had made a decision like we've had recently, and the the family had lost him. And so this family had gone through some serious hardship, right? And... uh, and we're going to watch this thing. And I, I kind of lose my, like, well, my, not my family, their family, because I'm trying to stay with them. And we're like, there's a sea of like thousands of people. And they're doing this long run. But at the end, you come down like towards a 50 yard line of a football field, for those of you guys that can picture this. And then essentially, they loop around the football field and then come to the finish line over here. Okay? Hopefully, you can picture that. If you can't, sorry. Um, just think it's a long race. Now, one of the things that you, you know if you are a runner is you do not want to start your kick, your, your final sprint, too soon. Does anybody here run? Has run? Yeah? Like, you used to, like, yeah. How many of you 20 years ago used to run? You know, like, <laughs> right? Like, if you start your kick too soon, like, if you start your final sprint too soon, you will die. It's pretty much how it feels. Like It's like, I will not make this. I will fall on my face and I'll be dead, right? And so, anyways, as they're coming, I'm, I'm losing them. And, uh, and then I, all of a sudden, I hear um, whoever's got the sound. Just FYI, this is a yelling situation. So, sorry. There's, you've been primed. All right, so here's the deal. So, they're running, right? And I thousands of people... And then I hear, for the king, for the king. And I look over and here's Cameron running alongside his brother Christian, like just running and just yelling at him, for the king, for the king, right? And I'm like, this is awesome, right? So I'm watching them, but they're running the whole circle. But even at this point, I was smart enough to know, I'm not gonna keep up. I'm just gonna cut straight across. So I cut straight across. And as I run straight across, I look over and there's their dad running behind both of them, like he had two like, double knee replacement surgeries, right? And he's about the shape that I'm in. So he's just chugging along, right? And so he's huffing and he's puffing and he's just delighted in his sons, right? He's following him, but he's lagging further and further and further behind, right? And so I watch as, as uh, Christian starts his final sprint with about 250 yards to go. That is not good. Like, you want to do that like your last like 50 yards? He's starting like 250 yards and he's just got these long lanky legs and he just starts passing people. Like, and he's just hauling while his brother's over there. For the king! You know, he's got his brother all just jacked up and so he's just running, right? And so I'm like, man, this is cool. I got to watch the end. So then do I run with him? No, I cut back across the field because it's shorter, right? So I run back across the field to the finish line. And they've got it all barricaded off so people stay out of it because that's what you're supposed to do, right? So I'm watching, and here, here comes Christian still sprinting. Like, I don't know how he's doing this, but now he's got one finger up pointing to heaven, and he is just passing people left and right, left and right, and I'm like, oh my goodness, right? So he gets past this, the, the finish line, and he's just sucking wind. <gasps> yeah, yeah. You know, And as he's doing that, here comes Cameron, and Cameron leaps over the fence. And I'm like, well, if he's doing it, I'm doing it. So I leap over the fence, too. And so here's Christian and Cameron just in embrace. And I overhear Cameron, and he's like, I'm so proud of you. And Christian said, I worshipped him. I worshipped him. I'm like, oh, like it kills me on the inside. Like I'm just, I'm sitting here like holding back tears as one brother is just like, you did it, you're running for the kingdom. Like I worshipped him. And then all of a sudden, as I'm watching these two and trying to hold back tears, here comes dad with double knee replacement, jumps over the fence, and he squeezes his son. I thought he was going to break him, right? And dad, he was like vibrating with joy in his son. And all he could say was, yeah, yes, yes. Like all he could yell was yes. And there's like a flood of people around him. And everybody's watching as this family is just rejoicing in the fact that his son ran the race well. I was just like, oh my goodness. And then you sit there and I look back at Cameron and he has doubled over just weeping. Is it because he's com- he has comparison? No, it's not comparison that his father is lavishing his love on his brother. It's because he knows like we lost my brother, my other brother. And my dad doesn't care who is around to see how much he loves them, And so like, I'm losing my voice. This happens when you yell, I guess. It messed me up. I started saying, God, I need to be that kind of father. Dads that are in here, be that kind of father. Like be the father that's like, I am all in and I do not care what the world says, what the world thinks. Of how I love my kids. Sons that are in here, may you have a father that does that. And here's a hint. If you don't have an earthly father that does, you have a heavenly one that does. Oh. Like that's that's the sermon. May God reveal to us how much he loves us. Like, may you know today how much he's on the sideline. Like, in Hebrews 12, it says, man, all creation, all creation is sitting there. and says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, throw off anything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked with, for us. Like, may this be our thing may this be our thing as water's edge, is that we love people this way. You know what? There are tons of landmines when you come to fatherhood in this this nation. Tons, right? It is a hard time to be a dad. Hard time to be a son, right? We've got a lot of really poor examples out there. Thankfully, in this church, we have a lot of really good examples. Kids Give your, your parents some grace. We are trying our best to walk out the DNA of our heavenly Father while still being in the spiritual or the physical bodies that we have today. We have wounds that we receive from our Father that we are doing our best not to give to you. May you give us grace. Kids, may you love your siblings, like Cameron. May you cheer when you see that your dad and your mom are pouring out their love on your siblings or on your friends, right? Like, may we be quick as a church to be excited with all of creation when somebody comes into the fold and says, I want to walk with this God, right? May we honor that choice right and it may it be because they've spent time in our presence like God did with Adam in the garden right all he had was the presence may God reveal his presence through us to the people around us i I got a lot of other notes. But I feel very much like what we need to do is, is spend some time in prayer. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite you guys at this point. Go ahead, meet up in groups two, three, four, five, six, seven. If you're new here, um, we like to get together and pray over each other, pray a blessing over each other. Some of you today may have to release your parents, release your dad from some of the wounds that he's created in your life. Your heavenly father wants to meet you there where there's hurt and he wants to take his tenderness and he wants to redeem some of those situations. Like God wants to give you freedom, he wants to cheer you on, he wants you to throw off anything that hinders. So today if you've got, if you've got guilt that you need to let go of, let it go so you can run. If you've got shame that you need to let go of, let it go, let it go. Like, sometimes we just need to say it and have somebody around us say, I forgive you. Let's move on, right? Cheer each other on, pray a blessing over each other. We'll get back together in a little bit for some communion and I'll use the rest of these notes next week. Heavenly Father, you are holy and you are worthy of all honor and glory and power and praise. Dad, we ask that you would just be intimate with us, that you would show us how much you love us. God, I ask that you put a burning in in the guys' hearts here today to love their families like you love us. Dad, may we pour out our love on our kids today intentionally. May we know your goodness. God, I ask that you would bless each of us as we go from this place. You would bless our hands, that you would bless our mouths, that we would speak your praises and your goodness. that You'd give us favor in everything that we do. God, that we would magnify your glory in our lives, magnify your goodness in our lives, magnify your rest in our lives. God, we ask that you'd be honored and exalted through us today. I ask us in Jesus' name. Amen.